Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Season 5, Episode 2, presented by Brothers Comics, where we look at some new comic books during the week and talk about other nerdly news. On the line tonight, I have my two favorite Marvel Hacks on the line. It's uh, the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Meet you up, people. Um, first, at least for, what, another two weeks? Yeah, another two weeks, man, for the affirmative action kicks in. Um, also on the line tonight, uh, it's Brother Beavers from Parts of Cold Unknown. It's Brother Beavers. Hey, everybody. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. Get ready for the Yeah, welcome vortex. back. We're on our... Yes, that's right. Uh, what is it? Harrison? Winterstorm Harrison? Or Harper, kind of I H. I don't like that they... I don't like that they're naming winter storms like they do hurricanes. Yeah, I just don't like yeah, it. It's, it's not the same. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's weird that they do it that way. But anyway, yeah. but yeah, so yeah, cold weather there, kind of warm here. We are on a regular schedule, so when you hear this, you're like, damn, they got this out two weeks in a row. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Small miracle. shocking to us too. Yeah, yeah shocking to they're us. Not, they're too, off the image comic keep... schedule. <laughs> exactly. Well, we'll talk. You know, we're going to talk about an image comic person here, by the way, once we get to part notes. Um, with some news today, although it wasn't an original one, but we got to throw it in. All right, so I did say that Blurred Notes would be back this week, so we have a full section of Blurred Notes. Hold on, let me hit my music. Blurred Notes. All right, so we're going to spell out the word blurred. I'll use the, uh, the letters B L E R D. Uh, and I'll use it as a topic for each individual letter. Uh, the fellas don't know what this is or what the topics are, so they're going to get hit with this right off the top. All right, so B is for bad idea. Uh, reports out there that said the MCU, the new Avengers movie after the regular movies comes out, is going to be the young Avengers uh, with Hulk Lane and uh, the Patriot and some other nigga this vision and some other heroes that nobody really gives a damn about. I think this is an absolutely horrible idea that they really think people are going to be going to the movie theaters to see the fucking Patriot and Hulkling. I, I, I can't even imagine that MCU would be that damn stupid. So, Sandman, uh, what says you about the new Avengers? Uh, I says no. Um, usually I'm down with what Kevin Feige's doing in the MCU, but uh, if this is his idea and this is... This is not good. I hate any... The Young Avengers, the whole thing is like you just basically got rip-offs of the adult heroes, basically, for the most part, and so I've never been particularly a big fan of them anyway, and the part of the reason the MCU has been so excess, successful is that each character is, you know, you got the classic lineup, obviously, and they're different, And but if you're going to introduce just basically rip-offs of them, just younger versions of them, I don't... I don't see how that can succeed. I don't think that's a particularly good idea. Thumbs down, dude. Thumbs down. Way down. Uh, Brother Beavis, the under under 40 set is like, yeah, the, the new Young Avengers. And I'm like, mm, uh, welcome to the get off our lawn portion of the podcast. What, yeah. what say you? Bad idea? Well, so it's, it's a bad idea if it's the answer to we can't keep the current cast under contract. Um, I, th- I think there's plenty you can do before rolling into an, a new Avengers. Like when I was at the end of Avengers 2 when they had like the new team sort of with Cap and Black Widow that sort of debuted in the beginning of um, Civil War. You know, that was that's the natural thing that happens with the Avengers is they juggle the team, people come in and come out. They haven't gone through that enough to feel like there's no more options. So. If, if this is just a, another story that is related to, but not necessarily the next chapter in continuity, then fine, whatever. It could be good. It could be as good as the other material that has been based on those characters in the comics which, or, or cartoons, which is not generally very good. Um, but it's not the answer to, hey, we, we don't want to pay Robert Downey Jr. again. Let's just completely start over. That's I, I think that's a mistake. Because I think that, yeah. um, you know, the reason these are successful is because they've had mainstream appeal and i think if you start to threaten that whether it's you know you've got you know maybe you maybe you keep it by who you cast in those roles but the characters themselves just i don't think are going to give you mainstream appeal yeah it, it just seems like doing and you know i've talked about this since i started brothers comic doing some plessy versus ferguson heroes separate but equal heroes is going to come off like um Bad. It's just going to come off bad. 
and I just don't know that that is the natural order. It would seem, like you said, it would just, let's shift into a phase four of the Avengers, and there's so many characters, because you still have Chadwick Boseman under contract, and you still have uh, Captain Marvel under contract, and you could introduce characters through those that could make up the Avengers. You know, do you spot check, you know, Robert Downey Jr., Captain America, and Thor, and those types of things? Absolutely. But they don't have to always be the focus. So I, I think you, I think the other way, if they do that, man, um, Wiccan and Hulk Lane yeah, and terrible. Patriot, and that, that is that is terrible. Those characters are, I mean, again, we're old. Those characters are freaking terrible. I, I, I don't understand why anybody likes them, to be honest with you. But that's just us. We're old. All right. Bad idea uh, from me, too. All right. L, as in loss. Lost. It says the uh, X-Men, the Dark Phoenix saga has already budgeted over $200 million with the expensive research, reshoots that they needed to do. Um, some early reviews online um, to say it's not been stellar uh, would be kind. Uh, somebody I read was like a total waste of time and much. it looks a lot like um, The Last Stand. And I'm like, what in the world are you doing, folks? So... L, Brother Beavis, a, a, a big loss, or is this something that you're going to have to write off like taxes because you're just trying to get to the end so uh, Disney can take it over? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. that the As 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 good as some entries in the X-Men movie franchise have been, there have been several that are just completely terrible, and I don't think you can abuse... I don't, I don't think you can just throw, you know, put a movie out there as a throwaway and be like oh trust us we'll be better next time because a lot of cases when they've earned the trust they've come back with a stinker like age of apocalypse so i don't know i mean i guess if it's like uh you know it's gonna make a few hundred thousand anyway but i just don't i just feel like the property is more valuable than that they should just take a loss and they'll make it up they would make it up if they made a good movie so, uh, it, yeah. but there, I, it just—it feels like it's come along too far to just be scrapped, which sounds like what it should be. Yeah, I was—we've been talking about this for a while now. It's like maybe that thing winds up on—I wouldn't say straight to video, but maybe straight to pay-per-view, because putting it out in the theater is going to make it even look more embarrassing. But does it really matter to Disney? Like, will they have to recuperate those characters, Sandman, because, or, you know, or rehabilitate them because uh, Fox ran them into the ground, or just it's in Disney we trust? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what Fox's whole uh, uh, game plan was here. I mean, I don't know if they, they had this on the uh, schedule for a long time, or was this just like, uh, uh, I guess they did. They had to. I mean, these movies take a long time to make but i just don't understand like what what were they were trying to do just to get this in under the wire just to uh take another crack at the dark phoenix saga which which one for one that they already messed up by just trying to put in one movie anyway the phoenix saga is a three in my opinion a three movie thing at least and, and they good point yeah and they tried to crush it into this uh, two-hour window so uh, that was a big mistake but um yeah they're this property is going to be kind of radioactive, I think, for a little while. After I mean, we, we don't know. We re, we don't know if this is going to be good or bad. I mean, signs are pointing that it ain't going to be good. Um, if I had to take a guess, I would say that. But um, they're probably going to have to wait a little while to reboot this or like draw it out slowly and reintroduce the characters uh, and get that <laughs> fox taste out of everybody's mouth. But. Um, yeah. yeah, so I guess it is yeah. Disney we trust, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, I think ultimately that's what they're going to just bank on. Like, Disney's like, it's okay, we can rehabilitate those characters. Um, there's a part of me that's like, that's kind of like a shaky strategy, too, because, yeah, it is in Disney we trust, but it's also damn Disney, too, because people are, you know, are married to certain versions of these particular characters through through Fox's movies. Uh, what you were saying at the beginning there, brother, you was like, some of them are good, and then some of them, like, it's when they miss, they miss really hard. Maybe it's not it's like, oh, you know, we got like a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they hit home runs or strike all the way the fuck out. And, <laughs> like, it's just really, really weird that they can't, like, find a middling ground movie because, um, yeah, so this, this seems to me like a swing for the fences, and it seems to me like it'll probably be a big whiff. I hope I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm, I don't think I am, but yeah. All right. All right. So yeah, that's a big loss for for X Men and Fox. All right. Uh, letter E is for Europe. 
Hey man, it's the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Uh, Spider-Man 2, Electric Boogaloo, is uh, coming out this summer. Um, I saw the trailer. I'm a huge Mysterio fan. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, y'all know that uh, I got clowned from Mysterio, but look who's starring in the movie, bitches. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Revenge. <laughs> oh, there's the coffee. There's the coffee. All right, so, um, yeah, so, uh, I mean... To be honest with you, I thought the trailer was uh, meh. I didn't really get too hyped or anything about it. It, you know, it seemed—I don't know. I just there was nothing about it that was like, oh shit, you know, like seeing Hydro Man and Sandman, which I'm sure were probably um, uh, illusions or whatever from Mysterio, because there's no way they're gonna put Sandman back in a movie after the terribleness that they did in Spider-Man 3. So I just, yeah. I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't overly hyped. I'm still probably riding on the fumes of uh, End of the Spider-Verse anyway. Probably as it gets closer, I'll get a little bit more hype. My, my biggest point was like, ooh, there's hot Mary, uh, not Mary Jane, but hot uh, Aunt May. That was probably my mm-hmm. best favorite part of the trailer. Mm-hmm. But that was about it. So what say you, uh, Brother Beavis? It just, it seems kind of like, um, you know, they haven't really found a way to necessarily integrate these into anything else and the and the fact that this takes place in europe with a with a token um with a token cameo from you know somebody from them from the mcu it just feels like yeah. they're they want to make these movies they know they're going to make money but they're sort of in a closet for now until like you know, they you know they're able to work him long-term planning into the stories a, a little bit more mm-hmm. or at least his own his own stories or at least so yeah i was not i was not blown away i know that there was some hype over like this different costume or that um you know mysterio they went full mysterio um he had the bubble yeah. and everything yeah. so mm-hmm. apparently we're doing this can't go full mysterio man <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Never go full Mysterio. Uh, yeah, it, I, I mean, like I said, it looked good. I'm, I was fine with it, but I was just like, eh, I wasn't, like, hyped for it at all. So, what do you think, Sammy? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't exactly blown away with it either. I think that's uh, the consensus for all, for all of us. It was, I mean, I, I do like the Spider-Man. I said before on um, Homecoming, I think this is the definitive version of Spider-Man. He's more Peter Parker and more Spider-Man than the other two. They, the others had their strengths and weaknesses, but I think this one is the best version of it. And so I'm fine with it. Um, yeah, Mysterio, I mean, I think they went there because they never have uh, used him in any of the other movies. And they've run through Green Goblin so many times, we can't, we don't want to see him again, at least for a little while. And um, so... Uh, I think he's one of the few the villains that yeah. was not teased in the uh, Amazing Spider-Man 2, right? Yeah, yeah I think one so. of the few. Yeah, because like, they were but trying to But you did get a version of the. Yeah. Yeah, but you did get a version of it too in there with, um, with Harry. Uh, yeah, man, that's a terrible movie. Yeah, 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 awful, awful. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I look forward to seeing it, but, yeah, uh, the, 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 um, um, the trailers is okay. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, I was like, meh. You know, I saw it, people were like, oh, yeah, you know, and then there was all this debate about, oh, well, so obviously he didn't die on Titan. Ah, like, come on. If you really thought that that was going to happen <laughs> anyway, um, what the hell is wrong with you? Have you never watched a movie before? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, shit. Is Ethan Hunt really going to die in Mission Impossible? No, he's not. There's Mission Impossible 8 coming out the following summer. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. So, yeah, it's just people are stupid. Um, all right, yeah. All right, so uh, our uh, it's for Rob Liefeld. Um, <laughs> um, he's we've uh, I don't know that we've run him necessarily that much on this podcast, but we're not fans. There's just of, no sport uh, in his. I mean, there's here. no. It's like, what yeah. do you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's shooting fish in a barrel, and. Like I mean, I mean, there's so many things that you could just rag on him about. I mean, the the feet, the big oh, boobs, the freaking the pouches, the freaking literally stealing characters from people and making them, you know. I mean, like he's just a freaking he is a hack, you know, an image hack and a Marvel hack. He should be on this damn podcast. So <laughs> whatever. So but for whatever reason, Marvel keeps going back to that whale. It's like it's like WWE bringing Hogan back, like every you know when he yeah. before he was really old. But like you know, just bringing Hogan back. It's just like oh, you know, it's a cheap pop. You know, you're gonna sell some issues or whatever. So he's got a new character that he's introducing. I don't even remember that it was a racer, not Racer X. 
Some major X. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. major X. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, it it looked dumb. It looked like a mix of freaking Cyclops, uh, Racer X Cyclops, and Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, just, now, it's just bad. To be fair, it, this, this allegedly is recycled artwork from 92. So <laughs> um, it's not that he's still stuck in 92. It's just that maybe they were working something that they're going to use. It looks like garbage. It looks like all the 90s garbage, <laughs> and it does look derivative of all his other derivative yeah. characters. So it's ridiculous. Yeah. But It looks like one yeah. of his characters, all right. We'll see that. So yeah. that ain't a good thing, though. Yeah, <laughs> I take my text to y'all after I saw it. I was like, they should have never gave that nigga money. <laughs> he was like, whatever. I don't worry. Turning out shit. Like, you know, it's just turning out stuff. You know, whatever, man. Y'all are going to look. Y'all are going to get it. Y'all are going to take these, you know, these bad freaking looking comics and characters with stupid names. And that's it. And, you know, I just. I, I, yeah, I'm just not a fan of dude in any way, shape or form. No. You know, he got lucky. Basically, in the 90s, where he was able to pull off two characters that people, you know, really care about. Mm -hmm. But to be honest with you, and on my opinion, Cable is a terrible character. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's just me. And Deadpool ain't that much better for me. But I understand why, at least why he's popular. I have no idea why Cable is popular. But I mean, it is what it is. But mm -hmm. I just, yeah, fuck Rob Liefeld. That's basically <laughs> where we stand on this. Um, that's basically, excuse me, I'm just, uh, the views expressed on this podcast are only of the provider. Uh, that would be me. I said it. So, um, yeah, forget Rob Liefeld. There, there you go. So, any, y'all have any interest in reading this crap? No. And that's it. I have nothing else to say about it. No. Brother Beavis. No. Okay, good. Moving on. <laughs> if they write, a, if they write a decent X-Men book with regular, non-stupid characters, then we can talk about Yeah. Uh, the possibility of a book with stupid characters being good, but uh, we're not there yet. Yeah. Uh, we will get to that when we get to X-Men later in this podcast. Um, anyway, letter D uh, is for Disney+. Plus. It also was reported this week that there are several X-Men TV shows in development for Disney+. Plus When it launches, I think it's 2000, later this year at some point. It's on top of all the Star Wars shows they've announced, the Marvel MCU shows with uh, what, Scarlet Witch and Vision, and the uh, the Cassian Star Wars show, uh, show. Um, and so allegedly some X-Men TV shows are going to go on there. I know I watched the first season of The Gifted, and I was like, oh, this isn't bad. Um, the second season yeah. um, is the opposite of that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So much the opposite. And so, again, that's Fox. In mind, Disney we trust. And off the top of your head, what TV show would you think would work better in a TV, Netflix kind of format with X-Men characters, Brother Beavis? Hmm. Well, um, you would have to believe they're going to... I don't know if they're going to steer away from the main cast and try and do like a New Mutants or something like that. Um, yeah. You know, they could they could essentially do Riverdale with mutants and have them at the school. Um, yeah. I just don't yeah. even know... That was if, my first... Yeah. Yeah, my, my first thought was Gen X, uh, yeah, because you could yeah. do the high school teen thing. The, the characters are pretty crappy. You know, Husk, and yeah. a nigga whose face is half gone, yeah. and uh, Monet, Chamber. you know what I mean? Like, it's kind yeah. of a multi, yeah, kind of a multicultural team. You could throw Cannonball in there, maybe to, you know, round it out with a mutant that maybe somebody cared about. And, you know, I, you know that was my first thought. And then if they were going to, you know, like, that was just my first thought. Maybe that, or maybe... Uh, I don't know. They, you know it's not going to be any of the main characters because they're saving them for the movie. So there's not going to be any real X-Men in there. It's not going to be Deadpool or Cable even. I mean, it's just going to be like some whatever character. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting maybe as a thought. But I just, it's, for whatever reason, and you can think of all the X-Men shows that they've put on TV or versions of that, they've all kind of sucked. Mm -hmm. That Generation <laughs> X show that came out, that was yeah, pretty terrible, was terrible in the 90s. Yeah. Um, this show... Is it is what it is now? Like it was, it was better in season one. But it's pretty bad now. Um, I didn't watch um, Legion, but I heard it was okay season one, and then season two it kind of fell off yeah, a little bit. That's so, definitely true. Right. They I, could do like Star Jammers or yeah. something like that. I mean, yeah, no. but I don't. Yeah, I'm not sure what how much yeah. money they're looking to put into it. And if money's an issue, right. then yeah. you would expect a solo show, and I don't know who that would be. Because you're not going to do a Wolverine show. 
No. That's right. Yeah. And you're not going to do, I mean, unless they go, they have to hold and do like, you know, Laura and do X23 on there. But I don't think Disney Plus is going to be like the DC animated thing with Teeny Titans, which is pretty brutal in language and cursing and sex and all that stuff. Like, I just can't imagine that they're going to do that because of the name that's attached in front of it. Yeah. So I, I'm curious as to what their, what the long game is here. Um, but yeah. It would we'll, be interesting we'll actually that. if they did like a, if they did like a true set in the 60s original X-Men with, you know, not a lot of other mutants in the world yet and mm-hmm. did it as like a legit period piece almost like with uh, Agent Carter, you know, that sort of vibe. I mean, that, that, yeah. that could right. work. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and their powers set, you know, looking at money mm-hmm. really might not be that expensive to show off, you know, a dude in some wings, uh, a beast... You know, Cyclops with some blast or whatever, and a dude in a wheelchair, you know, and Gene's powers are nebulous on TV anyway. So, mm. you know, I, I think that might work too. You know, the original X Men, that'd be fun. Man, I guess, might cost them a little bit of money. I think they have an opportunity with the um, with the snap. You know, obviously the heroes are going to be coming back, and they in the rebooted universe, they can retell the history, and the X Men all of a sudden uh, mutants are in this universe now, and they could go back and I'm sure probably within a movie and um, uh, show you the uh, backstory of the X-Men at least the original X-Men and um, uh, yeah but like in the 60s style 70s style or something like that and and uh, just lay out the history again and, and reboot the X-Men proper that yeah. way and, um, and I don't know they're gonna have to figure out something to do so yeah yeah but yeah uh, there's one one thing the x-men like to do is reboot and we'll talk about that oh, here God. a little bit as well <laughs> all right all right so yeah so that's blurred notes now if you've been a long time listener of this show um you'll know that we enjoy our snark uh to say the least um so as we get into the comic books tonight uh you're going to notice something that you don't hear here very often a lot of positive praise um, <laughs> just we uh, like we enjoyed many of the books that were read tonight. Uh, so yeah, don't don't turn away. The snark will come back at the end. I assure you. Uh, but yeah. So all right. So let's get into uh, that's day one. That's day one. It is the uh, Marvel hacks. We always do one DC book. The book I picked this week is um, the Batman that laughs. Um, and. You know, again, I picked this book because uh, I won. I saw the cover, which I thought was like, man, that's really weird. And I want to know what the story was behind it. So I had to go to the Wikipedia. And essentially, when we did that force uh, where they broke the barrier wall or whatever, Justice League, I think in maybe season three, mm-hmm. the story that came before that was DC's like metal or something like that. And I mean, it's on some DC bullshit about, well, there were seven different metals and Batman had discovered them. And in, in discovering those metals, there were uh, seven different dark universes under each of the other multiverses and somehow those characters came into um, the regular DC world and there were seven different Batmans and one of those Batmans was this Batman who laughs. Okay, so that's the background of that and so the character was really popular so they brought the character back. Basically, this book is really like a flashback to some happy times for Bruce Wayne and then it moves into um, some Batman bullshit which is my expression um, and then it moves into this idea of the story behind them. But yeah, so basically, um, Gotham is a mess. There's somebody that is stealing bodies out of the potter's field of the original families of Gotham. And Batman is on the, the hunt for that. The, the book is drawn really, really cool. Um, and this action scene that there's this car chase on the highway or whatever. I mean, again, it's full of that Batman bullshit where he's doing all this incredible stuff. And it's just like, okay, sure, fine, whatever. That's just Batman. But... He finds the he finds the the car that's carrying the bodies. He goes to the coffin. He opens the coffin, and inside the coffin, it's dun dun dun. It's Bruce Wayne, and it's his body. And he goes and they do an autopsy of some sort, and um, it's really um, it's it's a different version of himself, younger than him, but he's somebody. This dead version of him, uh, he stopped being Batman after uh, Bane broke his back. So he recovered and he like turned into like a family man. He had a wife. He was working in construction or whatever, but now he's dead. And so the whole mystery and the plot of this whole thing is trying to figure out where did this dude come from and why is he here? And Batman makes this discovery of the plot. He was like, uh oh, if this dude is here and he's dead, that means the other like 
people that came through the the seven you know layers of dip the seven layer dip those dudes are also back and um and so they check out the arkham asylum and there's a batman there and he's like hey i need to see the joker and he's not really the batman he's got guns and knives and he cuts up all the, the security guards and he almost kills mr freeze and um he gets to the joker and then the Batman that laughs comes out and he's like, yeah, you know, he's having this conversation with him and then he kills the Joker. And it's, I don't know. I mean, it, there was a lot going on in this book. Um, and then uh, Batman at a point does the Scooby-Doo explanation as to what actually is happening going on. And here's the part I told you you were going to love, uh, Brother Peter. All right. So he's, he's talking to Alfred trying to figure out the plot of what's going on. He's saying that he's figured out that whoever kills Joker, Joker has some sort of toxin in his heart that when he dies, that person becomes the next Joker. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's basically it. So that's why he hasn't killed him, because he knows if he kills him, he's going to become the next Joker or whoever would kill him becomes yeah. the next Joker. And so in this other dimension, that Batman, the Batman who laughs, has killed the Joker. And so he's he is Bruce Wayne, Batman and the Joker. And that's why he's so powerful. He knows all of Bruce's Kung Fu magic tricks. He's as crazy as the Joker. And he's got one singular obsession, which is to destroy everything and to win because Batman always wins. And like that's pretty much the plot. Uh, that other Batman that cut people up is called the Grim Knight. Um, it was that wasn't the real Joker in the cell. It was a decoy that Arkham would put in there just because um, to throw off the sense of who other other people. And so Batman figures out that Joker is probably hiding out um, in the Batcave, and so he drains all the water out of the Batcave. Joker's there, and Joker's like, "Hey, yeah, um, I don't want you to um, like you know save me. I want you to stop him." And he kills himself, and he's like, "Oh no!" Because Batman was there when he did it. And so the toxins, man, them toxins, son, them toxins got at him, and now Batman is turning into uh, the Joker. Uh, cut, roll tape, the end. Okay, I know that part, and the toxins and the heart part sound really silly. Overall, I actually enjoyed this book. Again, it's awesome Batman bullshit, which I, I'm really not a big fan of. But overall, I was like, this is, this is going to be kind of weird. The character looks weird. All this stuff is kind of weird. I'm not going to enjoy this. But I actually enjoyed it. Sandman got a chance to read it. He did not have a similar take on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, to to say that I was confused would be putting it lightly uh, towards the end there, and I was I was I was kind of keeping up with it, and then with the, the, the becomes the the new Joker when he starts laughing at the end, and I was like, okay, and you got yeah. what you got the metal B Batman, and you got the 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 other fake Batman with the with the guns, or I guess he's not fake from another universe or whatever. And so I was. Grim Knight, son. Grim Knight. Yeah, at a point I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to waste any more brain cells on this. <laughs> Just kind of like threw up my hands. I was like, okay. It's a, I mean, it, yeah. for the most part, I liked the story until it kind of went off the rails a little bit there at the end. But um, yeah, yeah it, it's crazy. What can yeah. I tell you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's. You can kind of see them setting up, and this is a miniseries. It's not going to be a monthly or whatever, but you yeah, can see yeah. it setting up to, like, turn this character, like they do many of Batman's villains, into cool heels. Right. Like, at some point in time, the superpowers are going to reunite and fight, you know, freaking, you know, Ivan Koloff and Crush Khrushchev or whatever. Like, they're just going to unite <laughs> and fight against them because that's just what they're going to do. Like, you can, I mean, you can really feel it coming. But it is what it is. I, there was actually issue one. I, I read issue two today. It was not nearly as good as the first issue. Uh, and so, you know, I think the the idea and the plot of that book is so kind of out there. Like, I don't know how you continue reaching those particular heights. So it's obviously going to take a dip. I don't know if this is a five issue, six issue limited series or whatever. But, I mean, overall, as a comic, uh, I would give it, a, you know, just as a singular issue, I would give it a very high thumbs up. I, I, I actually enjoyed it a lot. Sandman up, down, or in the middle? I'll give it a middle, because like when you uh, explained the thing with the medals at the beginning, that actually filled in a few of the gaps that were missing for me, so um, yeah. I'll give it like a uh, slightly thumb facing up, kind of toward the middle, <laughs> whatever the hell that is. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So yeah, uh, good. I, I thought it was great. Uh, the I thought the writing was really good, uh, and I thought the art was really good as well. Um, and I think what's that? Snyder. I think uh, he has a real good handle on that character because he's been writing it for like seven years now. Hmm. So I think you know he's he has a good handle on Batman. Again, he does pull it into that Batman bullshit every once and then, but overall, I think he has a good take on. It. All right. Next up. Now I don't have my I have my book notes here, and then I have the text I sent y'all. What book did I say was next? I think Invaders. Um, okay, Invaders number one. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what I had. Okay, so yeah, so Invaders number one. Uh, who's take? Are you got lead on that, brother Beavis, or is um, it me? I don't remember. I think it was you, but okay, I, I got it. No. Yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, I'll just start it off. Um, I, I, I think. In terms of like the original Invaders comic book, I'm not sure how big a fans of you guys were. I sent y'all that cover of one of my favorite Invaders. I think it was issue 40 back in the day where they fought uh, that bat-looking character or whatever, that vampire dude. Mm-hmm. And that was in the latter parts of the run, you know, where you had, um, you know, Captain America, Namor, Android, Human Torch. Uh, I think that was that Miss America or whatever that he was holding captive. Yeah. Um, I, you know, the book was just right. you know like a book set in World War Two. It was before you know Union Jack was my dude, man. Like back in the day when he came onto the team, the Wizard. Like I mean, that was just like a fun book back in the seventies and early eighties or whatever. So you know, I just enjoyed it. I think there's been a lot of reincarnations that they tried to do. Yeah. Um, hey, war and everything is hot right now. So no time like the present to relaunch this book. As Brother Beavis said last week, it's probably not a surprise that we're going to review two books tonight and one last week that Namor is in yeah. uh, since Aquaman is swimming through the seven seas someplace. So we, had like, a, hey, we got somebody to swim too. We had a stack of books in our house that was probably like from my brother had a tonsillectomy and somebody just went and got him a stack of comics. So when I was a kid, there was like a couple uh, Incredible Hulk books that I just read over and over because those were the only comic books I had. It had like Stingray in it, who's garbage, but he was cool because that was the only thing I'd seen. Right? There was a <laughs> Champions book that had Dark Star in it and Ghost Rider, so I liked them. And there was this Invaders book where they had been captured and they were paraded through on some parade with the special thing that kept Human Torch and Toro. They didn't have enough oxygen to flame on, and yeah, and right. Namor was all deprived of water. And then at the very last page, Union Jack popped up. Uh, so yeah, I had yeah. that. Those are like all the images in my mind. And I've always, I've always been interested just because I like Cap. I've, you know, I've, I like Namor from that. Um, I still find the whole Jim Hammond thing confusing as to who or what he really is not yeah. a huge bucket <laughs> yeah the, I, I, the, the idea of the invaders yeah. has always been cool to me yeah yeah it's, I, I mean i like i said when i saw that this was coming out i think i mentioned that to y'all way before i was like hey this might be a book that we wind up reviewing and so this book is uh it goes back and forth between world war ii and then present day so back in the war essentially namor is a hero and he's fighting very hard for the allies and um, you know he's he's made friends with some of the soldiers there, which I also kind of find a kind find kind of weird, you know, because him and Bucky got like a, or him and Cap got a little boy that they watch after <laughs> in the war. But anyway, yeah. uh, different yeah. podcast. Um, and uh, so he's got some people that he cares about. He's like clearly a hero here. This is none of that. Like, well, I'm not really sure as we're going to get here later in the book. Like, he's clearly the hero here. He's you know, fighting and beating up Nazis or whatever, but two of the people that he was watching after, they get murdered pretty bad. You know, he's without water, so he's like, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just a, it's, you know, it's just a fun, like, kind of war book as you see that kind of stuff before it shifts to the present day. And uh, we're under the sea uh, in the present day, and now Namor is definitely not a hero. There's actually some what we call continuity, people. Look it up, Google it. Uh, some continuity <laughs> about what happened in the Avengers book uh, about him killing the Roxon employees uh, that we talked about in the Avengers book and this idea now he's plotting again to go to the surface world to take it over. Um, you got it from there, Brother Beavis. Yeah, so he's... Uh, Cap is kind of pissy about the whole thing, so he does what he does, which is go into the uh, the ready room and trash Iron Man-looking robots, and he's got Jim Hammond <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the phone. And they're uh, they're reminiscing about the old days, and, and Cap's just sort of like stealing himself for having to go after um, go after Namor. I was trying to remember if they actually 
say or do anything about Toro in this or not, or is he dead or just written out of the story or what? I didn't see any Toro references, yeah. you know, and it took me a while to figure out. I was like, wait a minute, Jim Hammond. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that idea, if you're coming new to this, um, like this idea that there was an android human torch and another one, um, mm-hmm. good luck. Um, yeah. Just go ahead and wiki it, and you're going to get lots of pages of stuff that's really not going to make all that much sense to you. It was There had to be some sort of Marvel rights issues of some sort. But, yeah, it's um, it was goofy. But go ahead. Yeah, so they flash back to this is now after this most recent battle, and Steve's getting ready to go to the funeral, and he's trying to track down Namor, and Namor is um, getting drunk and uh, mm-hmm. getting some skirt. So yeah. Yeah. Steve, yeah, Steve busts mm-hmm. him down for you know being respectful, and uh, they have a few page standoff, disrespectful, and they have a, a few page standoff, and then he walks out, and he's like, oh the way. That's you too, Bucky. Bucky was in there too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> part I was laughing. That's part I was laughing. I was too. And then well, we go I, back I like to Namor. what's it? Hold on, I, I like that Neymar was calling them. He's like, "You think I care about these bags of water and yeah, killing yeah. other bags of water? Yeah, yeah. These bags of water." I was like, "Damn, that's harsh." <laughs> yeah. It was harsh. Okay, so after the uh, sequence where. Uh, Namor gets lectured and Bucky gets punked. We go back to the regular times in Atlantis and we're starting to see basically the plot of Aquaman where uh, uh, Namor has to rally his <laughs> troops and take him yeah. against the surface world and he uses a power that we haven't seen before. He's able to basically uh, eliminate the water and replace it with air under the ocean. So all of his yeah, right. air breathing or water breathing Atlanteans are forced to submit to him, uh, and he's got his boys ready to go invade the earth. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they're called the sea the sea blades. I never heard of them before, but yeah. the sea blades. I'm like okay, <laughs> seems very imagey. Very imagey, by the way. So after his lecture, Namor makes it to the to the funeral. He's even in his uniform. Him and Steve hug it out, um, and you know he's he's getting a little bit of taste of him during that time. Back to the other future, back to the the regular time, and Steve is trying to uh, touch base with some of the some of the soldiers, I guess, that they fought with. Uh, one of whom is basically on his deathbed, but he gets uh, a family scrapbook. And out of it falls this mysterious picture that they make you wait a few panels to see. But it turns out it's a picture of Namor uh, when he was walking the earth without any sort of memory um, and Professor Xavier's in the picture. So mm-hmm. this would be a significant part of the story going forward. Uh, Cap makes the call to, to Bucky, who's nobody's sidekick anymore. He's got his robot arm and a bunch of guns. Um, and, and so <laughs> here we go. The invaders are back, and and Namor is ready to invade the Earth. So, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I, again, I like how they tied it into the Avengers uh, comic that we did read, um, which was fun. Uh, I, I guess we're in, and maybe it's been debated and retconned or whatever. You know, at, at some point in time, wasn't Namor the first mutant? Yes. Um, yeah, they still regard him as that. Effect? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, put, you know, yeah. but they, they don't. Yeah. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah, that was. Gonna, I was just gonna say they. No. They've uh, hit on that before that he was like the first mutant, and that they've just kind of. I don't know if they've forgotten their own history or they just you know changed it over time or whatever. But um, yeah, he was always has been. Um, like I don't know. They they've categorized him as a mutant and sometimes not. So I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> What and they've been, and I think they flip flopped on what it is that actually makes him a mutant. Um, yeah, like, right. yeah. So, but I think yeah. really they've yeah, also I, said Apocalypse is the first mutant now because he was, you know, Apocalypse and back in the day. Right, right. It, it seems like, and I could be wrong. It seems like his mysterious mutantisms is probably related to the MCU part. Like, well, if we wanted to use him, we can't call him a mutant. And I think his rights belong to somebody else anyway. He's got very complicated, um, yeah, yeah, rights. So it's kind of curious. But, I mean, you know, it seems like that they're just, they're definitely plotting to make him one of the major villains anymore. Like, he's not a cool heel. Pretty much everything that he does now is very villain-like. Sam, you brought up maybe he's going to be the new Magneto. Mm -hmm. 
um, or the uh, for the X Men, or at least for like maybe for the Avengers or whatever. But um, I mean, you know, he's a cool character. Uh, I liked when he was in the bar where he was wearing slacks but no shirt while he was trying to get some tail. I was like, this is the coolest motherfucker on the earth, uh, <laughs> and no shoes with like slacks, no shirt, uh, and you know, and pushing up on girls. And I'm just like, man, okay, that's fine. I just, I, I kind of wonder why now. But then again, we look at Aquaman. It's like, hey, we got a character that does the exact same thing. So we're going to push that out there for y'all. So, you know, don't think that we don't. We'd like to make a billion dollars, too. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, we would. If we'd like to line up another billion dollar movie for us. So that's I think fine. Wh- I one know. good thing. What good thing is, um, you know, not, I don't know how quickly they're going to go there. But now they, they can actually tell another Fantastic Four story without having to have Dr. Doom in it. And they can let him take a little right. break. They right. could do Fantastic yeah. Four and Namor, um, you know, which I think would do a lot to flesh out Reed because he would be getting punked the entire time. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> don't make me call. Yeah, right. yeah. I just, I just think that it's you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's an, like I said, he's an interesting character. Um, I just don't know that they know what they want to do with him because based on you know an X Men Red, he was a mutant. Is he good? Is he a cool heel? Like I don't really know what you're doing here. But it seems like since they've gotten rid of X Men Red and since they've gone to the Avengers and he's in that second arc, that he's a villain and he's definitely a villain here. So let you know, or but you know, it may get retconned too because Cap is on the road to saving. Uh, so who the fuck knows? All right. But overall, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, brother Beavis. Yeah, I liked it. I thought, uh, you know, it, it did have two artists, but they they split it from the timeline, so it wasn't as distracting yeah. as where they just just change. Um, right. I thought yeah, it was it a good sense. setup book, and I think uh, I think you know the the World War Two part of it was pr- was pretty cool um, to see some of the formative stuff and and really kind of flesh out the character and motivation. The the thing is, like his character from the flashback is completely separate from what's happening, so. That seems to be the piece of it. The teaser with Xavier is interesting. So, yeah, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sandman, what'd you think? Yeah, uh, thumbs up. I, um, I'm uh, I'm going to try to go back and uh, read a little more about the invaders. Like, uh, since when uh, reading this. Mm, and, um, it's not good. It, it's not that great. <laughs> it's not that great. Um, yeah. I did that <laughs> yesterday, and uh, yeah. it's not yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's very dated in that yeah. sense. But, yeah. yeah. It, it's, um, I mean... I, I guess I like Namor. It's like, I mean, like we were saying before, we brought up on the last show, he does have some Magneto-ish qualities about him. Uh, you never know what exactly he's going to be. He might be a, an ally or an enemy, depending on um, what the story is. And um, But um, I'm intrigued. I'd, uh, I'd like to see more about it. And, you know, this mysterious fish man in World War II, I mean, you don't get much more crazy comic booky than that. So... Yeah, I just, thumbs up with his green panties, with his green <laughs> panties and pointed ears. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least he ain't wearing orange yeah. and green. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, this is true. All right, all right. So yeah, thumbs up for me too. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I like the I like the different artists, and we've ran that horribly on this podcast before. But at <laughs> least it was based on changing um, like historical moments, like you know, a more gritty style for the past, and then a more colorful style for the future, so or the present. So I thought it was really cool. Alright, next up, uh, Fantastic Four or Marvel Heroes Present? I think Fantastic Four was on the schedule. Okay, that's my order then. Alright, so Fantastic Four, you definitely got the lead on this. Fantastic Four 6, Herald of Doom, part 1. So we uh, we read the first four, and the first three was actually a pretty good story arc, and then we had the most blatant filler of all time. And then they announced <laughs> the wedding issue, and we collectively said, nope, nope, not falling nope. for it. So nope. we uh, here at Brothers Comics, we made the explicit decision not to fall for, not to even risk falling for another wedding swerve. So uh, we pick yes. up on the backside of that. Apparently, the wedding did happen, but Doctor Doom yes, showed up at the end, announcing that Galactus has made landfall in Latveria, and that he alone would deal with the World Eater. So Reed stopped time long enough for Ben and Alicia to tie the knot, then teamed to jet off to Latveria to investigate. That definitely sounds like a Fantastic Four story. So yes. we pick up in Latveria. Um, Doom's got all his technology and his magic and his robots, and he's going toe to toe with um, with Galactus. It's a rematch from Secret Wars, which uh, 
you know, uh, didn't initially go well for Dr. Doom, but he did get to power up there for a bit. So, um, let's see. The other thing is he has this minion Zora, who I think they go on to say was this person from, I had to go reread it, but apparently, yeah, in the tail end of Fantastic Four 1, she had sort of roused him out of, he was rolling around in just like some underpants and a mask, and she was like, you need to put yeah. your pants on and be the leader again. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of putting pants on, Fantastic Four are inbound. Johnny Storm is putting his uniform on. We get Johnny in his drawers. Uh, yeah. Sue Storm so is invisible, Sue. getting dressed, and then they fight yeah. Victorious. This is this Herald of Doom, and uh, we have typical Fantastic Four. They make uh, Ben like they save everybody but Ben, and he crashes into a barn full of goats, and then gets yelled at by a farmer. Uh, let's see. They figure out that Doom used the power cosmic to give this person her powers. Uh, the fight continues. It seems like uh, uh, oh, I know what it is. So yeah, they they actually start. Gal- Galactus is, uses the power of his words to explain the story to us. What are you doing <laughs> to my remaining regulators? So he's he's very <laughs> like old old school Marvel explaining exactly what's happening, but. Um, so uh, Doom takes out Galactus's planet-eating infrastructure, and then all of a sudden Galactus is hungry. He needs to feed. He's starting to lose his powers or whatever. So Doom starts to take his little bit of a victory lap. We get a brief interlude with uh, Aunt Alicia is with the rest of the family, and uh, Valeria and, and Franklin are upset that they didn't get to be a part of the mission. Uh, so then we go back. Fantastic Four still fighting. Uh, victorious and Galactus is, is is chasing after her because he needs to absorb her power cosmic and Reed's like oh you miscalculated you did all this and you you know you, you played with the power cosmic again it's another mistake and Doom's like Richard's miscalculations he's yeah he basically big times and he says everything here is by my design so he set up this whole thing perhaps to get the power cosmic again who knows what but I thought it was a great um doom story it actually flows really well um and it you know it's it's i think we're back to the first few issues uh in, in terms of the the quality pace and characterization of the story i liked it a lot mm-hmm. yeah slots definitely found his groove here um i think a little bit of getting back to the actual book or the first couple of issues was just getting the team back together now that they're back together, being able to tell like a quality story like this, you know, hopefully this Doom thing only lasts three or four issues. You don't want to drag it out for a whole year or whatever, but I definitely think he's found his uh, his footing, so to speak, with this book. Because, yeah, there were some, it was some good issues, uh, a couple of fillers, and then the wedding issue, which was what it was. Um, I do like the idea that Franklin and Valeria and them are not a part of this. Mm-hmm. I think throwing those extra characters in there right now would be just a little bit too much. Um, so I'm glad that they're not in it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I, mean, I thought it was really good, too. I'm, I'm way thumbs up on that one. What did you think, Sam? Uh, yeah, thumbs up on this one. This kind of reminds me of um, some of the older Fantastic <laughs> Four. Um, more the, the, I mean, obviously, against Doom, but um, the more, some of the more fantastical things. I mean, Galactus, <laughs> I mean, they're going right to the, the top threat. Uh, I kind of was like, really, Galactus? <laughs> on earth again but i still it didn't stop me from enjoying it i I love i love doom man i love how freaking arrogant his ass is and i mean he is the smartest person on planet other than reed richards and um um i always enjoy reading his uh um his issues and stuff so uh yeah this is um, um thumbs up for me i like this okay i was thinking too one of the things that i think that as we get to regular Reed Richards and the MCU or whatever, that they haven't gone to that thing where he's using thousand dollar words. Um, you know, he's just <laughs> like a regular kind of smart dude and using smart, regular smart dude language. And he's not be like, well, actually, the, you know, the quantum physics of what, you know, I think that's like played out completely. And I think it would turn like new readers off. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I thought it was really good. So, yeah, thumbs, thumbs way up for this version of the Fantastic Four. A beautiful mm-hmm. book, too, by the way. I, I didn't write down who's yeah. doing the pencils, but that's a, a very well-drawn book. Now, continuity issues-wise, and again, there's all these kinds of books that you would have to read. You know, Doom there was Iron Man for a good, steady piece. 
Mm-hmm. And then he was, you know, kind of like the mystical Iron Man while Tony Stark was away. And then uh, now he's back to being evil. And I'm sure there's a story in there somewhere where he, you know, flipped the switch again. But I don't know which one it is. And I'm not going back to find out what it was. So doom bad. Mm. Fire bad. Doom bad. Mm. So, all right. Cool. All right. So, like I said, if y'all are paying attention at home, we are positive all the way through on these books. This is not what we normally do, y'all. Uh, next up, Marvel Comics Presents. Uh, this is a new book where, I think this is a relaunch of an old book, too, where they would tell these short stories uh, with different characters back in the day. Yeah, there was uh, a very um, short, like, seven or eight The Wolverine pages. Weapon X story played out in Marvel Comics Presents, where they did, like, yeah. a 14 and part. sometimes it was... Mm-hmm. And they would do it with like different characters, like and focus on one particular character. Yeah. Um, and so this, yeah, this is a rehash of that, at least in the sense that it's giving you three different stories with three different characters. Uh, Wolverine, Namor again, y'all. Uh, we, we got somebody <laughs> talk to fish. And hey, Captain America. Um, Namor's and Caps are set in again. World War Two. Caps is set in present day. Uh, so those three stories. You want to take Wolverine, uh, Brother Beavis? I'll take Namor. Sure. Um, so uh, the Wolverine story is also set in the World War II. Uh, this time Wolverine is part of the Canadian forces, and the Nazis are uh, have confronted this lady. They're asking her to bring forth some new weapon, and they're holding her daughter hostage. So the lady summons this demon that... Uh, kills all the Nazis and looks like most if not all of the Canadians as well and as it turns on her Wolverine enters the fight he wounds this demon and then she uh, she locks it back up into wherever it came from but with the dire warning that came from hell. <laughs> <laughs> that it'll be back every ten years, and it's tied to her daughter in some way. It it makes sense if you read it, but I'm not going to rehash it. Uh, and it's sort of left with name, or, you know, Wolverine with all his clothes ripped off, of course, and this little girl looking for her mom. So you know, it's just about six or seven pages. Uh, again, the art is really good. And it's just a you know a tight story that has a beginning and an end uh, and leaves you sort of looking forward to what comes next. Um, it's just another case mm-hmm. where like it seems like they're really thinking about storytelling and continuity again in some ways for the first time. So uh, there's a lot of encouraging things this week. Yeah, well done in that part. The demon's name was the truth. As in, you can't stop the truth. You can't handle the truth. My God, he's from hell. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, you know, it was it was fine. Yeah, it's been left with the daughter. Wolverine's gonna have to take. He's forever being left in the ward for like wayward yeah. girls. That, that seems a little um, to catch a predator ish. So I'm just saying. All right, next up, uh, we're under the sea with Namor during the war. Uh, yeah, they're saying that the war is still going on. Namor's like, I already did my piece. I already killed a bunch of Axis powers, man. I'm done. I'm under the sea because Atlantis had been destroyed or whatever. And then they're like, no, the Nazis are not defeated. They're in Argentina. We need you to go there. And so he goes and defeats the people in Argentina. But it was a ruse because the government didn't want him over in Japan as they were dropping their two um, atom bombs on the Japanese people. And Namor didn't like that shit. Uh, he thought it was unfair. It was wrong. <laughs> and um, when they go to drop the second one in, I think, Nagasaki, he actually pulls the Tony Stark and Iron Man. Uh, you know, he takes it up to destroy the Chitauri. Yeah. And, yeah, and he blows up. And it's like, oh, Namor must be dead. And, you know, he's gone. Yeah, and we don't know what happened to him. But he's actually you just hiding cut out. himself amongst you the people. You just cut out on you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you said uh, you said he pulls an Iron Man twice, and then you dipped. But it's back on. We're good. Okay. Can y'all hear me though? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, we're good. good. My stuff didn't drop. Yeah, my stuff didn't drop. Just your, just you. We couldn't hear anything you were saying. My bad. Yeah, he pulled an Iron Man. Can you see me now? Yeah, this is gonna make a compelling. He pulled an Iron Man. Original Avengers. I know (laughs) the original Avengers. uh, He tries to do that. The bomb. Uh, blows up he hides amongst the people and you know that's pretty much it and i don't know if this is a part of the same plot that was in uh 
in the Avengers uh, or in the Invaders book. You know, it's just part of that whole story as to why he's wandering the earth, not knowing who he is and his amnesic states before he meets Charles Xavier or whatever. I'm not altogether sure. But overall, you know, just a little fun story. And again, another Namor story here because that's we're we're three stories in Namor in two weeks on this podcast. So mm-hmm. Aqua Bro. All right. Go ahead, man. You can take Cap. Cap's story was yeah. the weakest of three of them. Cap's sure. story, yes. I think I saw this at, a, at an after-school, what was the, was this after-school programs <laughs> that had a moral. Uh, yeah. yeah. Cap's story is not good. There's a, you know, he's yeah. he's somewhere. Well, I don't even know why he is where he is. But he's he yeah. shows up on the scene and um, he meets a kid who rides a bike and he fixes her motorcycle and she wants to be a daredevil and uh, her mom doesn't want him to be uh, and then I don't know she's it's just it's yeah, yeah. it was a little after school yeah. especially yeah <laughs> it's just kind of there yeah very yeah very much so because like I was like, oh well, maybe this will be based in World War Two too, since that's really been the theme. Like, no, nope, present day, he's hanging out with Iron Man. They just defeated somebody, and he's just riding the countryside, picking up wayward girls, <laughs> hey, shaky their cap. Yeah, Ooh, shaky, bro. Yeah, Ooh, shaky. Uh, so yeah, it, I mean, it was fine for what it was. So um, yeah, we're good. All right, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I'm thumbs up, even though that last story wasn't great. I'm I'm way up on the whole thing. I just. The beginning, middles, and ends. I love it, man. Uh, brother yeah, Hughes. agree. Sandman. Yeah, thumbs up. Two out of three. Um, I like. Yeah, the decap. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, that. Yeah. We're being we're being kind, calling it not great. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're being really kind, calling right. it not great. But the other two were really solid, so it kind of you know it made up for it. Mm-hmm. It's like getting a C on the final exam. You know, eh, I passed anyway. So, all right. <laughs> Lastly. These guys didn't get a chance to read it. I took a bullet for the team and jumped on a grenade. Now, when we started season four, I guess we had did um, the X-Men relaunch again and uh, the Uncanny relaunch. And there was a story with freaking Multiple Man and Legion. And it was um, butt cheeks. We were just like, nope, can't do it. And then on top of that, Marvel announced like, yeah, but after issue 10, because it's got to come out every week, you know, for 10 weeks. But after 10, we're going to relaunch the book, not a number one, but we're going to relaunch the book with more familiar X-Men because this book was filled with um, also Rands. You know, your North Stars, your uh, Glob, your, I mean, all the mutants that you, the, with the Grant Morrison mutants. And it's this whole story with, I mean, uh, X-Man had come back and he had, a, 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 what is that, the, the Horseman of the Apocalypse and it was what? Omega Red and the Blob and Magneto. It it just was not very good. And so as it started to run to its conclusion, I was just like, well, I think I read like the first five or six. I think we reviewed maybe the first two or three. And so I was like, let me just see how this shit's going to end. And so last week's issue, again, uh, Legion and X-Man somehow had been merged together. And so now the two of them are one being controlled by X-Man. And so X-Man also has Legion's power. So he's super powerful. They call every mutant off of freaking every milk carton everywhere. And um, and I think I sent y'all that picture. I was like, oh, Maggot is back. Yay! Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was just whatever. And so somehow in issue 10 they, or issue 9, they had gotten control of Storm. And so this book is really the wrap-up conclusion of that. And basically... Um, that's really it. You know, the book is in three parts. They're trying to get Storm back from being on the bad side. Um, we get a dusty finish at the end. Uh, in the middle, all the um, all the telepaths have to bang, you know, bang together to get into his mind to try to separate Legion from X Man. And then they do do that after Storm gets freed because she is pissed. Like, how dare you take over my mind, nigga? And she shoots like some uh, lightning bolts from all over the place to get into this. And then it's like. You know, it's over, and Gene gets trapped in his mind, and, you know, that's his his mother, and they have this conversation, and he's dying, and he wanted to do one last thing, uh, you know, for mutants before he left, or yada, yada, yada. It's basically turned into House of M, uh, and to no more mutants, and that's what he does. Like, at his last act of being X-Man before he gets dusted in Thanos style is that he says, um, X-Men no more, or something to that effect. Good, No, goodbye X-Men, excuse me. 
and the X-Men are gone. Like, all the mutants are gone. The last few pages are like, and, you know, the mutant vaccination was passed, and the X-Men were gone, and people, you know, everybody was gone. And then at the end, there's like a... Um, there's like a figure reading the newspapers about all the events and with a hood on and some red glasses and it's Cyclops cut roll the end. So <laughs> in two weeks, they're going to relaunch this in issue 11, bringing back Cyclops and trying to figure out this whole process. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, overall, it was a fine enough ending, I guess, in a sense, but just um, ultimately probably unnecessary. Like you could have probably told that in four issues. And if your overall point and goal was just to get to, like, X-Men that we cared about, you should have just did that shit in issue number one. Because issue number 11 has another $8 mm. price tag to it. Like, oh, nope. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Nope. Bullshit. Yep. Can't do it. Yeah. Y'all, y'all are tripping again. <laughs> because that is not cool, like, at all. Because you could have done that already. And you're just playing on people's money and emotions, you know, because everybody wants to see how Cyclops came back to life. And... That's basically it. Like I said, the snark will be back here in, the, in terms of, for me, in this book, because it was really just a, like 10 weeks of a waste of time, because everything that happened in those books is really essentially going to get wiped out. So what's the point of telling a story if it has no historical significance? And that's basically what Uncanny X-Men 1 through 10 did. And um, boo. <laughs> so any, anything out of there that jump out of there that surprises you or... You know, just par for the course. Brother. It sounds like par for the course. <laughs> and um, again, I don't. You know, I don't know if they had just gotten so used to just putting this franchise in the trash because somebody else could make the real money on it, and maybe now there's a turn and we start over. I don't know. I don't. It's it. It seems like, in some ways, they've tried to do something different, and yet somehow seems to keep doing the same things over and over again. And there's just a giant rut, and I don't know if it's just going to be, you know, they got to bring the right, bring a creative team on, or essentially bring, you know, somebody that can actually engineer the story, like almost a Claremont-esque figure that can, that really sort of turn the the set of books around. But yeah, it's just, it's just ridiculous at this point. You know what it reminds me of, and I, I've, I don't know if I used this reference on here before, or maybe it's just Twitter. Current X-Men, I would say from the last, maybe since uh, X-Men versus Avengers, so the last seven years, reminds me of the Avengers comics in the uh, early 90s, like the late 80s, yeah. early 90s, yeah. like where it's just like, yeah, I know who the characters are, and these books suck. Yeah. Like, not, these aren't very good comic books. Characters like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they're just, you know, they were just like, hey, you know these characters, so you're supposed to like them, so here. I'm like, mm, nope. That's not how it works here, sir. And that's when books were, you know, a dollar and a quarter. You trying to throw an eight dollar price tag on a book right now? Um, not gonna work. No, nope. not it's just not there, man. And I just, you know, again, you know, these characters are. I don't know how they've gotten themselves or painted themselves into this corner. And it's, I mean, different creative teams, different whatevers, and it just keeps going back. And I, I this is gonna sound terrible because this is get off our lawn or whatever. They really should, like, they, there's no more mutants. They really should take some of them and just no more of them at all. Like, goodbye, X-Men. Nobody, nobody, nobody I know or like or care about is, like, let Husk or uh, Blob, Glob or what. Like, those characters are terrible, man. They're terrible. Just get rid of them. Nobody is asking for Maggot back. Nobody was like, man, fuck this shit. They ain't Maggot and they ain't reading it. Nobody is saying that. Man, that sounds so funny. Nobody <laughs> is saying that. So, I mean, why bother? You know, keep a core group of team of X-Men and let it be and let that ride. I, I, I just don't understand why they think that they have to put all these characters in these books. And that's the one thing at least I admire about Justice League, even though sometimes I think the book is kind of bullshit. They know who butters the toast. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, hey, man, we got to have the trilogy in here and some also-rans. Well, X-Men should be essentially the same thing. There should be probably three characters that are always there. Storm probably being one of them. Wolverine probably being one. And I'm not sure who the other one is. And then, you know, fill it in with some other the other characters, you know. Rogue or Gamp. You know, like, fill it up with the characters that people care about. Stop with all these other people, man. Oh, Marrow. Let's get Marrow back in the book. What? <laughs> I mean, God. <laughs> 
I mean, I'm even sick of the, the I'm even sick of the the, the twin uh, the triplets or whatever, like Emma's little minions or whatever. Oh, like I'm sick cuckoos. of all of those characters, <laughs> man. Yeah, I'm yeah. sick of all of those characters, man. They just don't work. They do not work. And I, I all right, that's it. Let me fucking put my dentures back in. <laughs> so I'll be done complaining. Okay, so that's that's it. Those are the books for the night. Overall, like we were really positive about just about everything except for me bitching about the X Men. But beyond that, like you know, just a solid night of books. Uh, very very happy with everything that was you know that was put out. So good job, good effort. All right, I don't have a curveball question for you guys yet. Like I said, you can tell I'm struggling with my voice here, and you'll hear the cough on there. I tried to like mute my mic or whatever, but it's it's I'm struggling. Uh, in a physical sense, uh, but yeah, so cool. So remember, you'll be able to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you'll be able to find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Brothers Comics, B R O T H A S C O M I C S. You can go to the blog at BrothersComics.com. Uh, I've updated it a lot here recently, so there's a lot of new articles there. Uh, you can find Sandman on Twitter at Sandman415, and Brother Beaver Speedus is in the ether. So, uh, yeah, but if you had a question for him, get back one of us, and we'll, we'll make sure that he gets it. All right. So, cool, guys. That wasn't that didn't go as long as I thought it would. I mean, we had some delays or whatever, but just about an hour and five minutes. I don't mm-hmm. think there's anything you know, know. too bad about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. So, we're good. So, yeah, man. So, we're trying to keep on a regular schedule here. We are going to – I don't know what we're going to do about that X-Men book. Huh? Got that eight dollar price tag. That's gonna. Uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> I don't really know, man. That's gonna. Um, I don't know, but I, I, I. We're gonna have to at some point in time review a version or part of it. Um, I don't know if it'll be recaps from Wikipedia or something, but we're gonna have to at least go over it. And, you know, brother, Beavis, they're bringing Cyclops back. You know, it's one of your favorite characters. They fucking shit on him for freaking. 12 years now, you know, are you curious as to what version's coming yeah, back? Yeah, particularly if he doesn't have a team to lead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just... Yeah, well, <laughs> hopefully he's not... Hopefully he's not Racer X. Hopefully they figured out that that was a terrible idea. Hopefully he's not killing mentors and great taking the Phoenix Force and fighting the Avengers. Like, it's just... Mm. Yeah. Those books a, are... Um, they went down yeah. a bad path with that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, you know what? And those books became, and Cyclops being bad became like the Clone Saga. It's just like, well, shit, we have no idea how to get. Let's just keep spinning webs, man. Let's just keep doing it. And it got to the point where it was like, well, you know what? Fuck it, we just gotta kill. There was, there was just nothing else that you could do. You know, he was literally about to, you know, start like, you know, I mean, he, yeah, he was gonna start killing, you know, younglings. You know, like freaking Anakin Skywalker at a point, man. Like this is it. He's like completely gone onto the dark side. So, yeah. Okay. All right, so as the X-Men, the animated series movie starts to play us out, I am the producer of this podcast. I'm signing off. Sandman, go ahead and sign off. Sign off, people. We will see you on the next episode. Yes, which will be on a regularly scheduled episode. All right, uh, Brother Beavis, go ahead and All sign right, off. see you guys next week. All right, we'll see you next week. Peace, everybody. Peace. Stop.